Heavenly Father, thanks so much for this opportunity to be in our homes together. Thank you for Harvest Community. I thank you for the community all over the world, Lord God, that has tuned in today. I thank you, Father, for your presence in our homes. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are so with us. I thank you, Father, for your kingdom that we're learning and we're getting to know. I thank you. Help shape us and uh, turn us around, Lord God, because we want to turn this world around for you. I thank you, Jesus, that you're King and that you're Lord. I thank you for our families. Thank you for this day. And uh, I thank you, Father, for your word. Go deep in our hearts. Uh, challenge us and encourage us in your word today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, Harvest family, thanks for having me in your homes. It's been a while, but it's so good to be back in your homes. And with that, I just wanted to say thanks so much for your love, your support, your generosity. Thanks for looking after one another. Thank you for looking like the book of Acts, that there was no needy among them. Thank you for your generosity. We can look after those beyond us. So I just want to say we appreciate you and we thank you for that. And uh, with that, friends, if you have prayer needs and you need some prayer support, I, I want to say to you that at the end of the service, we've got a prayer team. They're waiting for you and uh, they'd love to minister to you, they'd love to pray for you. So just after the service, go look at the links and um, you can get in there and they'll give you a code. And uh, we'd love to see you there if you are in need. Uh, friends, today, I, I want to remind us, I, I want to I remind us that you and I, even amidst what the world is going through, you and I are still on a mission. You know, I love it because Jesus gave us the mission before there was a church that existed. Uh, and friends, you and I, the church now exists for the mission. Uh, the church rightfully defined is called the called out ones. It's you and I with a message, a mandate, an ever-developing and changing modus operandi that effectively engages with the culture of our day. You know, all that Holy Spirit wants to reveal to the world in its current state is through you and I, His sons and daughters. So your life matters, your love matters, your decisions for Christ every day, for Christ's likeness every day counts. And, and I love the scripture we're going to share from Romans 8 verse 19 to 22. It's the creation waits for the sons of God to be revealed. Creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of Him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. Uh, friends, you and I know the world around us is subject to futility. It's hopeless and it's, it's frustrated. It's because a culture has been immersed in ideologies and philosophies birthed by the God of this age. And Father's purpose in this time is hope. It's hope that the creation will be set free from its bondage and brought into freedom. And friends, what is that freedom? The freedom of sonship. The world's groaning in pain because it longs for freedom it cannot gain through any other means but then right relationship with our Father. And, and you, you and I know that right relationship through Father is made possible through the cross, through the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. And, and friends, the reality is it's communicated to a groaning and dying world through you and I, the sons and the daughters of God. When Paul says that the creation waits with eager longing, there's a, a cry in the hearts of men and women for something they cannot articulate or explain. 
It's a hole in their heart. And the movie Matrix, it puts it, there's a splinter in their mind. They don't know what they're longing for, but God does. And the the thing that creation is longing for is the revealing of the mature sons and daughters of God. That's you and I. They're not waiting for a better sermon. (laughs) They're not waiting for a guy like me behind a camera. They're not waiting for a better Sunday Sunday meeting or a more relevant evangelistic program or a more gifted speaker or a cool worship leader. They're waiting for you and I to show them how life was meant to be lived in a restored relationship with with our Father, with Heavenly Father. And friends, the mandate is being given to the sons and the daughters of God to fully demonstrate this. The message of sonship, man, is so much more important than we realize. We could be tempted to think that it is a secondary issue related only to our individual lifestyle. Nothing could be further from the truth. God's purpose, I love this, is to wrap the word of the kingdom in a person, in a son, in you sitting in your lounge. And then to sow that son into the world to bear fruit for the father just the same way as the father did with Jesus the firstborn among many brothers. And this is God's plan for the nations, and it's His purpose in saving you and I. As believers, we need to grasp these principles and reorientate our lives around them so that His great commission can be fulfilled. Friends, a mandate of the sons and the daughters of God is for you and I to arise and shine. If you've got your Bibles, open up with me to Isaiah 60. And we're going to read a couple of verses. It says this, Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and His glory will be seen upon you. And nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar and your daughters shall be carried on the hip. And then you'll see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and exult because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. And the wealth of the nations shall come to you. And there's three responses from This verse that I want to take out, that we must give ourselves to, not giving ourselves to in a legalistic way, but giving ourselves to in a response out of who we are. And that is to reflect the kingdom, to represent the kingdom, and reproduce the kingdom that has been produced in us. Our purpose in God, friends, is to become mature. Mature sons and daughters, who in turn become fathers and mothers. There's fathers and mothers in this time... It's time for you to take hold of the kingdom, of take hold of your history with God and start to multiply that, to start to reproduce that in somebody else's life. What then is the role of a son or a daughter? What is a son or a daughter called to? And let's work through this. See, understanding our position as sons means that we're not working for our identity. We're not working for our acceptance. We're not working for our affirmation and approval. These things, as we know, have already been given to us and we have received from the Father. And that's so true, but God has a purpose for us to walk in. Those works will be specific to each of us, depending on the gifts, the talents, the calling that God has placed in our lives. 
But a mature son, nevertheless, should have these character traits. And these are them. To reflect the Father's glory, to represent the Father's heart, and to reproduce the Father's likeness. I love the scripture from Ephesians 2.10. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in Him. Unbelievable scripture. God prepared something for you that He wants you as an individual to walk in. He prepared it before the foundations of the earth. You're alive now. That plan is for you to walk in it. So let's work through these three. Reflect, represent, and reproduce. So number one, reflect. In John 8, 12, I'm going to share some scriptures here. Jesus spoke to them. He said this, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. We all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are, be are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Then Jesus says to us in Matthew 5, 14, You are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. In Ephesians 5, 8, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are the light of the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Thessalonians 5.5 5. You are children of light. You're children of the day. We're not of the night and we're not of the darkness. 1 Peter 2.9 You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And friends, I think the greatest model that we can always look at is Jesus. Again, we, we look at his life and we look at Jesus' sonship as the model of how to walk. Our call out, walk out in relationship with the Father. See, Jesus is the image and the reflection of God the Father. And Jesus said this, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus was and is an accurate reflection of the Father in every single way. Colossians 1.15, it says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Hebrews again, 1 verses 3, it says, Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature. And He upholds the universe by the word of His power. And friends, you and I, as the children of God, we can also accurately reflect our Father in thought, word, and in our lifestyle. In the same way that the moon reflects the light of the sun, so we also reflect the likeness of Jesus. As we grow closer to Him, as our lives are shaped through intimacy and grace obedience, as we begin to serve others in humility and kindness, so we're reflecting His character and His nature to the world around us. Paul was confident even in Timothy's ability to accurately reflect him when he sent him to Corinth on his behalf. In 1 Corinthians 4 verse 17 it says this, This is why I sent you Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach them everywhere in every church. See friends, Timothy had spent enough time with Paul and had had enough intimate time with him and understanding of him to ensure that wherever Timothy went, he would accurately reflect Paul's heart and passion for the churches that he planted. And am I raising others to do the same? 
so that the light of God's glory is spreading even further around me. And I know this. It's, it's one of the greatest desires that I have for my own children. Because I, I wanted to work there first. That's where I wanted to work. Isn't it the greatest desire? That is my great desire. Is when I see them acting out my values, when I see them acting out kingdom values, when I see them standing up and having justice and having mercy and the desire for the poor and wanting to stand up for people, man, it makes me feel so proud. It makes me feel super stoked. I, I, you actually want to do anything for your child because they're reflecting who you are and what you're putting in them. So number two. Number two, to represent. It's the second purpose that God has for us that we can represent Him to the world around us. And this is what Jesus said in John 5.19. He said, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of His own accord but what He sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. What an amazing relationship. John 12, verse 49, it says, Jesus saying, I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. John 17, 6, I have manifested your name, he's praying to the Father, to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. See friends, Jesus is the ultimate example of representing Father, isn't he? Every step on his journey of life, Jesus was wholly submitted to the will of his Father. He did nothing and said nothing that his Father had not already given him to do or to say. It is this life of completely submitted representation that marks out maturity. They have learned to have a responsive, graceful obedience to the Father at every step and every area of life. See friends, heaven's culture is counterculture. Don't you know we're hearing about this word new normal? Our new normal is heaven's culture. We live differently in this prevailing culture of the age. Those who walk in the grace of God do this effortlessly. Listen to what it says in Titus 2.11. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people, training us to renounce godliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age. Waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Friends, the word there, train, it means to teach or to discipline. See, it's the grace of God that works in you to do what you cannot do in your own ability and your strength. We have to rely upon the grace of God. In 2 Corinthians 5.20, it says this, We are ambassadors for Christ, God making His appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. The dictionary describes an ambassador as a minister of the highest rank, sent to a foreign court to represent his sovereign or his country. An official messenger or a representative in this verse, Paul uses the language of ambassadors. Ambassador is a representative of a nation or a government to another country or people group. He is empowered to fully represent the views of his nation and to speak and act on their behalf. His residence, even though it is in a foreign country, is regarded as a little piece of his own country. 
So the American embassy here in South Africa is regarded as an American territory. So the South African police, they don't have jurisdiction over it. It's a little piece of America in the heart of South Africa. And you and I, friends, we, we have the role of an ambassador. And the role of an ambassador is one of the highest honors in the diplomatic world. It's a place of responsibility. It's a place of servitude. Uh, as an ambassador to another country, you have one responsibility, to represent your nation. You must speak what your government gives you to speak. You act in accordance with the nature and the values of your country. You're an, an ambassador. You're not a freelance consultant. It's all about your government's agenda and its values, not your own. And Paul says this. He says, And for me, that words may be given me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am ambassador in change, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. That's in Ephesians 6, 19 verse 20. You see, friends, it's the same for you and I. We are the sons of the king. We are ambassadors of his kingdom, of his rule, of his, of his reign on this earth. Friends, this is a, a phenomenal honor. We are authorized to represent the king in every sphere of life to which he sends us and to display his values and his attitudes towards the people whom, whom, whom we meet in life. When Paul sent Timothy to Corinth, 1 Corinthians 4.17 again, uh, he sent him and, and Timothy knew his ways and he reminded the church of the ways of Paul. He could have easily have seen this as a chance to launch his own ministry and go and plant a church. And After all, you've been serving Paul for all these years. Surely that Timothy in mind, he could have said, listen, I've earned the chance to make a name for myself now. However, Timothy is a son. He's not a hireling, he's not an orphan, and he doesn't have his own agenda. And uh, Paul says this, he says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon. So that I too may be cheered by the good news of you. I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth. How as a son, with a father, he has served me in the gospel. That's in Philippians 2 verse 19 to 22. What a great scripture. See, Timothy was sent to remind the church in Corinth of Paul's ways and not his own. In fact, importantly, Paul's ways have become Timothy's ways. And Timothy has spent so much time with Paul and has to come to understand him so well uh, that he now actually acts and he speaks and he preaches like Paul himself would. And uh, Timothy has had to unlearn all of his old ways and his personal preferences and to relearn the values of the kingdom and the message of God's gospel and rule. In one sense, Timothy was an ambassador of Paul as well as an ambassador of Jesus. You know, friends, when I uh, traveled with a man called Keir Taylor, it was the beginning of my ministry and he took me under his wing. And uh, it really is like that. What I saw and what I valued, I did. I preached the same as him. I ministered to the sick the same as him. I intentionally was raising leaders the same. Because of my love and my honor for him, I would watch him and I would do exactly what he did. And the reality is I learned so much from his life as he fathered me through a phenomenal, phenomenal example. And, and that's what we need to do is we need to represent 
those around us, those people that reflect and represent the kingdom of God, learn from them. Learn from each other. Let's learn from each other that we can represent the king well. So I want to go to point number three. Uh, it's to reproduce. And in the, in the book of Genesis, it says this, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit in which their seed, each according to its own on the earth. And so it was. Now, the book of Genesis gives us such a powerful principle that fruit trees bear fruit in which their seed will reproduce after its own kind. Now, apple seed will only produce apple trees. You can't plant an apple seed and expect to grow a peach tree. A seed will only produce after its own kind. We too produce after our own kind, physically and spiritually. Perhaps you're already, already observing this with your kids. I, 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 I've seen some of the stuff that I don't like in me come out of my kids at times. You see them grow and you develop and they've taken on both physical habits, traits, character strengths, weaknesses that are in you and I. And you know, inheritance is an incredible thing. We see family likenesses carried down through the generations. There's a challenge with this principle of reproduction. Not only do we produce the good, but we also produce some of the bad in our lives. That's why we need to see the mature sons and daughters reproducing after their own likeness because the process of maturity has meant that their character and their values have been properly shaped. It's taken me a very long time. Reproduction speaks of maturity. And we know, we look in nature, it's only physical mature people that should, and animals and plants that actually reproduce. The same is true spiritually. We must ask ourselves, is that principle being followed in our lives? See, Jesus was only released into ministry when he was a mature son. And that word is huios, the mature son of God. Although he knew much at 12, he needed to learn obedience. He needed to be disciplined. He needed to uh, walk the heart that God wanted him to walk before he was sent to reproduce the heart, nature, and the character of the Father. He then took 12 men lived super closely with them, and for three years sharing every aspect of his life, challenging, teaching, testing, loving, training them, so that by the end they were prepared and ready. He had reproduced himself in them. So we also see this principle of reproduction in the life of Paul. Similar way to Jesus, he took people on a journey with him. He re reproduced himself in them before sending them to carry on the work on his behalf. It's summed up beautifully for us in the letter to Timothy. He says this to Timothy, You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and that what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others. That's 2 Timothy 2, 1 and 2. And this passage speaks of Four separate generations that are a result of the principle of reproduction. So number one, you see Paul himself. He is the father in this particular line of spiritual sons. And uh, he's investing. And then you see him speaking to Timothy and he says, My child, Timothy spent years working closely with Paul and learning his ways and values before being sent to reflect and represent Paul and ultimately the father. Number three, you see from that scripture, is faithful men. Those with whom Timothy is now working closely 
to see God's values and kingdom being established in their lives. And fourthly, you see there, he says, now those men are going to take it to others. Timothy is not simply thinking about people he's working with directly. The expectation is that he will train the faithful men to reproduce after their likeness, so too that the principle of multiplication will continue to bless the nations. Friends, this is the, the blueprint for our households. This is the blueprint for our churches. Too often we've built for the current generation and left nothing for the next. Uh, the example of the scripture that we've just read is that raising sons is an ongoing process that is to continue from one generation to the next without a break. So ask God in this moment, if you are a mom and dad in the Lord, you're maturing as a, a son and a daughter in God and you're learning stuff about the kingdom, who are you taking alongside with you? Who, who are you journeying with? Who are you doing the heart work with? Who are you being authentic with? Who are you taking on the journey of risk with? Because that's going to reproduce something in those people. You know, some people can trace their, their physical lineage back throughout the centuries. And we should be able to do that, this very same thing, spiritually. Often, friends, we, we're measuring our success of our church or our ministries by the numbers of people or finances or popularity, etc. How about measuring it by how many influential and effective sons and daughters we are reproducing? Will the vision that God has given us, has given you in your own lives, will that remain only in our generation? Or are there sons and their sons and the sons of those sons who are taking up the vision, who are taking up the values, taking up the calling, taking up the passions and the desires of the kingdom that is being built? You see, friends, this is going to cost us something. It costs us time and costs us patience and costs us love and grace and grit and truth, living as an example, being authentic, being honest demonstrating faith and character and uh, this is what it means to reproduce it takes time and, and friends it, it's one of those things that you know God didn't simply save us for ourselves he had more in his mind for us than when he saved us and rescued us from our sin and invested his spirit into us his desire is that we should grow to a place of spiritual maturity and from that place, learn to reflect Him, learn to represent Him, learn to reproduce His likeness in our lives so that we can help bring many sons to glory. So friends, the mission must go on. I think the Great Commission, if it has its full effect, has to come from the Great Command. That God loves this world and He wants you and I to represent Him, to reflect Him, to reproduce His likeness. So the people that don't know Him can see Him, they can feel Him, they can taste what He's like. You and I, friends, as Isaiah 60 says, we are arise, we shine, and we let the glory of God come upon us that we can reflect Him and reflect His nature. I want to pray for you and I. And after I've prayed for you and I, if you need more prayer and you need more ministry, please go on to the buyer, please link in. And people will be there to connect with you and I. But friends, a reminder again. The mandate of the sons and the daughters of God is to reflect Him. It's to represent Him and to re reproduce His likeness.
If you and I are going to do that white-knuckled, we're going to do that with force and with legalism, no good fruit comes from that. But if you can realize that that is actually your identity, that is the, the reflection of your life. I want to pray for you and I. Father, I, I want to say thank you. Thank you again as a reminder, the mandate and the sons and the daughters of God, the mission must continue. Our lives count. Father, I pray by your Holy Spirit that those things that currently in our lives are not reflecting you, I thank you that you help us. Remind us of who we are. We want to represent you well, Lord God. We want to reproduce into the generations to come that they can have a fire and a passion for your name and for your kingdom. And again, Father, I pray, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let, our, let, let us be a households of faith that change people's destinies. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey friends, have a fantastic week. We'll see you soon.